on the first day of our mission, we reflected on God's love to us. And from the scripture, we saw how depth and the vast God's love is to us and how intimate it is to us and how personally he loves us. And on the second day, that was yesterday, and we reflected on our response to God's love because God's love evokes a response from us. For it is not one-sided. And in that, we were trying to see a model from St. Francis de Sales that how we can grow in God's love, in our response to his love. First is that like we convert to Christ. And then when we convert to Christ, we try to balance our loves. Love for Christ and love for things we have, and we try to balance that. And then as we keep growing in the love of God, we also see that you know, God's presence in everything we do, even in the ordinary things of life, we see God's presence. And the ultimate form of loving God is to become like God, that is to become love itself. And what blocks us from loving God and responding to his love totally is sin. Sin keeps us away from that. But because sin keeps us away and sin has entered into the world, God did not want us to be that way. He wanted us to get back to him, come back to him. So he has instituted this beautiful sacrament of reconciliation so that we can feel his mercy and compassion, forgiveness, and get back to him and start loving him again. So that's what we are going to reflect today, the sin and repentance. Now I was just thinking, and it's quite funny the way sometimes I think, like in our culture, or any culture for that matter, talking to sin is like, you know, when you were trying to talk to me about snow when I got here in 2013 fall. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> and then, the winter, snow kept coming. It never stopped, and I had to pray, Lord, please stop. I have seen, it's enough. <laughs> so the main reason why, you know, people are ignorant of sin is because of, is a common trend. The trend is that to speak sin in abstract terms, and we don't want to pin it. We don't want to pencil it and say, this is sin. And the second tendency that's found is that the false notion of the perfectionism. You know, all want to be perfect in the eyes of the other. There's a kind of a syndrome called what the other will think syndrome. And we don't want anyone to think less. We don't want others to think that we are failures, we fail, we are weak. So we want to project, you know, kind of a perfectionism in us. So no one wants to take an accountability for the failures, for the wrong, for the sin. But the fact is that all of us are sinners. I and you, all of us are sinners. So we have to confront this sin. But here the caution is that when we confront the sin, we need to be careful not to go to the extreme. So that can be dangerous. 
And he, in confronting sin, two things can happen. First thing is that, like in confronting sin, we can open our hearts to the grace of Christ, you know, the mercy of Christ pouring out to us. So that's one way of confronting. The other way of confronting is that it's a self-scourging. Now we can turn towards ourselves and, you know, scourge ourselves. So that can be dangerous too. And we can come back to that later. And now then, how do we deal with sin? We know sin exists. Sin is a reality. Devil is a reality. It's not an illusion. It exists. So how do we deal with it? First and foremost, you know, we need to put ourselves in the right perspective, you know, based on the teachings of church, teachings of Christ, the Ten Commandments. So when we put ourselves in the right perspective, then we become aware of the existence of sin. And the spiritual tool that we all need is humility. Because when we are filled with pride, it's possible for us to justify all our actions. Oh, that's okay, that's not bad. But we need to be humble before God. So that's what the humility is what we need. And confronting sin is not easy, it's not pleasant, it's painful. And we have to pin, we have to name the sin. Like for example, not many Catholics today think that, you know, not coming to church on Sunday is a sin. They think it's okay. Or in most of our culture, we think, you know, killing an unborn baby is not a sin because it's not a baby, it's a cell. It's an embryo. No, killing the other is a, is a murder, it's a sin. So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes, you know, people don't name the sin as sin. So the other aspect of dealing with the sin, once we are aware of the sin, is that, you know, we need to accept the paradox that exists. The paradox is that, you know, there is a God's grace in us. Now, we are always open to the God's grace, but at the same time, you know, we, there is a sinful inclination in us. So these two pulls are always in us. St. Philip Neri beautifully explains that. He says that the man of true sanctity is the one who is constantly aware of the dark side of himself, and at the same time, he is also constantly in need of the grace and mercy of God. And he holds both in balance, the dark side of him as well as his need for the mercy and grace of Christ. So he balances both. And focusing on one of it can be a problem. Like if you focus too much on the dark side, then it can lead us to a sin of despair. Now we start, we will become hopeless. Then if you focus on the other side, then you know it's a sin of, sin of presumption. Now you just presume that God's grace automatically flows, in, flows into you, so you don't have to repent, you know, everything is forgiven, there's no sin. So it's a problem. So it's good, you know, we need to balance between both the dark side of us as well as God's grace. 
And then once we balance this, the next step or next aspect of dealing with the sin is repentance. And repentance means it's, you know, a metanoia. It's a total turning towards God. Turning away from sin, turning towards God. And some use two Greek terms to explain this. They say pathos and penthos. Now, pathos is an emotion of sympathetic pity. So some, it can be this way of repentance. That means, you know, you, it's a repentance is towards oneself. You feel pity on yourself for what you have done. So it's kind of a self-scourging. You know, you beat up yourself so hard, and that can lead to sadness. And penthos is the pain that we feel, the sorrow we feel, the mourning we have in relation to the other. So what makes us sad, you know, what makes us painful, not sad, what makes us painful is not that, you know, you are pitying yourself, because you have offended. You have offended God. You have offended the other. So that's what pains you. And that is a true and real repentance, because that is what we call the true contrition. The true contrition is that because we feel that God is offended when we sin. And it is when we have this, the true repentance, that's the time we have to get into confession. So other aspect of dealing with the sin is once we become aware of the sin, we name it as sin, then we balance the both sides of the paradox that is in us, and then when, when we truly repent for sin because of the offense that it can cause to God and to the other, then we make a confession, sacrament of reconciliation. So here, one, if we are on the first, not the first level, if you are on the level of pathos, what can happen is that the confession becomes just a kind of a psychological mechanism we get in just to feel better, you know. You just go tell the priest, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Then we come back, nothing affects, so life continues. So that's the reason the repentance should take us to this mode of penthouse. Then when we go to confession, a few hints would be, like we don't make a very good act of, you know, the examination of conscience very good examination of conscience in the light of Ten Commandments, the light of teachings of the church. And when we go to confession, we don't have to tell the story to the priest. And we don't have to tell what has happened from the last confession or the previous confession. We need to say, if it is a mortal sin, we tell, just tell the type. Let's say, not able to come, maybe didn't go for Mass, I, I didn't attend Sunday Mass once. So it is the type and the number if it is a mortal sin. And if it is venial, we just need to say only the type. And what's a sin? The mortal sin is that, you know, it's of a grave matter. And then we have committed a mortal sin with uh, foreknowledge. We know it's a kind of a premeditated action. And then it's done with full consent with full, the freedom of will we have done. So when these three things are there, then it becomes a mortal sin. Otherwise, it's a venial sin. 
And after making a confession, you know, then priest gives a satisfaction. And the best practice would be just, you know, spend some time just gazing at the cross to see, to understand his mercy, to understand his love. And the last aspect of dealing with the sin would be that all of us would feel like, you know, after confession, we have made a resolution, I will not do it again. And again, there we are back to confession again. Probably the same sins. So all of us do experience this struggle. Why do I get back into sin? Why do I fall back, relapse? This is a story, a small story of biblical story of Martha, you know, the death of Lazarus, you know, and Martha sent a word to Jesus that he would come, and she knew that Jesus was the cure for the problem, and the cure never arrived. And Jesus took some time. He stayed there for a few more days. And when he came, Lazarus was dead already. It was like a few days. And then she reproaches him. And what is the answer of Jesus? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. So same thing we will, you know, when we are tempted, you know, we, we have all this, you know, we take all this, record, we seek all helps. We seek the help of Jesus, but the devil approaches, the sin approaches us. So at this time, what we need to, we need to cling on to, cling on to the Lord, to continue to give us the strength with the hope that that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And dear brothers and sisters, I just wanted to conclude by just saying, you know, the benefits, the spiritual benefits of going for a frequent confession. You know, frequent in confession is not like once a year. Once a year is what church says at least. At least once a year. That doesn't mean that we have to go just once a year. So regular confession is at least four to six weeks, once in four to six weeks, or monthly. So I won't explain, I just read out. So this is, the first benefit would be a conscience is purified when we frequent the confession. Then the second benefit is the grace in us will increase. And the third benefit is our will is strengthened. Our will not to fall into sin is strengthened by regular confession. And our self-knowledge also is increased. Self-knowledge it will be increased. And then there is a more rapid growth in the virtues in us when we frequent the confessions. And there's a humility growth in us. We start accepting the sins more than justifying our actions. And our bad habits, we can overcome our bad habits by frequenting the confessions. And we can also overcome the lukewarmness and the mediocrity that we can take towards sin. And the last benefit, spiritual benefit, of going frequently for confession is a greater self-control is achieved in our daily living.